Hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Podcast review show, episode number 32. It's the return of Monkey Radio. They're back for more. Skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Hey, welcome back to the Podcast Review Show. We're, we're busting out the new format. I like the new format. It was new last week. It's uh, still kind of shiny this week. We can still say it's new. Uh, Eric K. Johnson from Podcast Talent Coach. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I am well. Thanks for having me last week. We had a blast, and uh, I'm looking forward to this week. Can't be, believe these guys actually came back for a second helping. That's it. So, yeah, joining us live is Mark Rako from monkeyradio.info. And, uh, yeah, you came back for more. What inspired that? I'm a glutton for punishment, Dave. Uh, no, uh, all kidding aside, you guys eviscerated us in a, in a productive manner the first time that mostly the hammer eviscerated us mostly. Uh, but but uh, what I will say is uh, I have to tell you, I, I'm really pleased with the, uh, we, we implemented so many changes from the advice that you gave. And we were such a fledgling show when we started and got reviewed by you, we, I think we're f- much better for it. I, I felt I owed it to us and in a way give you an opportunity to say, see, hopefully, see what happens when you do some of these things. You look better or sound better if that's the case. And if we still have a lot more to learn, then I'm open-minded to it. So that's why. I have to clear myself here. Last week I said, my wife is unpredictable. I need to clarify my wife's schedule is unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> Her reaction to that is predictable, however. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, if you didn't hear the first Monkey Radio episode, uh, here is the description from iTunes. It's, uh, of course, their website, monkeyradio.info. Two minds, one world, zero patience. Mark Rako and co-host John Locke, along with producer Elsie, discuss what's wrong with the world, interview celebrities and rising artists, and throw around pop culture, entertainment, food, news, everything's on the menu. Check out our animated series on the website. I, I did have one question before we start. Who do, you, who do you consider is your target audience? The real answer is anyone who will listen. We're new, so we're finding that audience. If you're looking for demographics, I think probably we're going to be playing largely uh, 30 to 55. All right. So we always listen to the uh, first few minutes of the show. So with that, uh, we uh, listen to the episode called Get Down. (laughs) And it goes a little something like this. The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. It's like Three's Company. Except we all look a little more like Mr. Furley. 
This is Monkey Radio. Hi, my name is Michael Roderick from Small Pond Enterprises, and I would rather eat a habanero than listen to Monkey Radio. Welcome to the show, everybody, my fellow monkeys. This is Monkey Radio. I am your host, Mark Rico, and with me is my very loud co-host, John Locke. How are you, John? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm very good. Hey, John, I got a question for you. Yes, yes. Why in the world do you have some 20 or 30 bells bells attached to your clothing? What is what is up with that? Funny you should ask, Mark. Okay. I uh, read somewhere that this is a great way to be more attractive to the opposite sex, in my case, my wife. Do tell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I think it's attracting uh, my cats more than her. Oh, geez, that's too bad. Well, everybody, uh, as long as John doesn't ring too much, we've got a great show ahead of us. Yeah. We really do a very full show. We're going to try to rock it through it. The first thing is we are going to talk about the appropriateness of podcasting and language based on the review of a podcast that I saw online. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah. Second thing is we're going to talk about phone calls to helplines that are basically bait and switch. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a little personal experience. Uh, we're going to touch on the Olympics, and we're going to do a little visit to John's world. <laughs> it's always fun. Always an exciting time. Yes, adventures, adventures. And we are going to premiere a brand new game, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to play What Would Arnold Do? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> My favorite game. Let me tell you Even something, folks. We've not played this game, but I guarantee you this is going to be a winner. We're going to have a good time. All right. That is our show today. Oh, and by the way, I almost forgot. Are you buckled up? I got my seatbelt on. Both shoulders strapped in. Fantastic. Count us down, buddy. All right. Today's countdown. Three presidents you will never see on a President's Day ad sale ad. Three presidents you'll never see on a President's Day sale Sale ad. Go. Andrew Johnson. William G. Harding. Yeah. And Richard, Richard Nixon. Warp speed, let's see Radio. Hello? Hi, Mr. Davis. This is Ron calling you from the Daily News. How are you doing this morning? It's Davis, and I'm not interested. Okay, I'm sorry to bother you. Have a nice day. Wait a minute. Wait, that's your pitch? You consider that a sales call? You know, I get a call from you guys every Saturday, and it's always the same half-assed attempt. If you guys want to close me, you should sell me. All right. All right, start again. Okay. Hi. This is Ron from the Daily News. How are you doing this morning? What do you want? It's not what I want, sir. It's what you want. Ron, now we're talking. All right, what are you selling me? I'm offering you a subscription to the Daily News at a substantially reduced price. We're trying to reach out to people that have never had home delivery before. Right, so basically you're saying that everybody else who already has a subscription is getting on this one? Yeah, I, I guess so. All right, well, I can handle that. So tell me, why should I buy your paper? I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, why shouldn't I get the Times or the Voice, you know? 
Well, the village voice is free, sir, so if you want it, you should certainly pick it up. But the Daily News offers you something no other paper can. A real taste of New York. We have the best features, more photographs than any other daily in New York, and we have the most reliable delivery in the city. Now, what do you think? You know what I think, Ron? I think that was a sales call. Good job, buddy. So you're going to buy a subscription? No, I already get the times. Merry Christmas, Langston residents. Hi, I... Ted? Howard! Hey, buddy! How's it going out there? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get... <clears throat> oh! Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What a... Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Ted, I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! I mean, no, that's fine. On your way out, just tell her it would be a few minutes late, but you shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and... Mm. Oh, these cookies! I gotta get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down! Now! Okay, that's the <laughs> the first five minutes of uh, Monkey Radio titled Get Down! <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you want to you want to lead off? Yeah, I like the production value of the intro. Now, Mark, you got to understand, I I wasn't around and and heard the first critique, so I have no idea the feedback that Dave gave you the first go around. And I specifically didn't go back and listen to his critique the first time around because I wanted the mind to be straight out of the box, first impressions of your show and what I thought. I think you guys have a great foundation for a show. I'm a little confused by some of the parts, which I would probably catch on to the more I listened. I found out that when I went online and I read a lot of the history of the show and how it has evolved with different co-hosts coming in, but it's always been you. So it's always mm -hmm. been kind of your show with other people coming in. It kind of made a little more sense to me than because I just went and listened to it. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who hosted it, who was on it. I just right. hit play and went. Yeah. And uh, so listening to the first five minutes here, I think the production values are great. I think it adds a lot to it. I love the drops. I love how fast it was moving. It didn't waste a lot of my time. Uh, the one thing that I wish the intro would have done is kind of set up the show for me to let me know what it was. Because just hitting play and not knowing anything about it, I didn't know what I was coming in to expect. I didn't know what monkey radio meant. I didn't know if I was coming into a monkey show or if it was uh, – if it's a comedy podcast or what, I think you have a great description of it on online that describes what the show is all about. The fact that you are, I, I jotted a little bit of it down, uh, just talking about what's wrong with the world. I thought mm -hmm. it was a great line online. And even just that sentence in your intro will kind of set up the show of what you're going to go off on in this particular episode. So I thought mm -hmm. that would have set me up pretty uh, pretty nicely in the show. I love the production of it. The the comedy bits there at the end, after you set up the show and you say, here's what you can expect. We're going to talk about the podcast using profanity. We're going to talk about phone call to a helpline. We're going to talk about the Olympics. We're going to talk about John's world. We're going to talk about a brand new game we invented. It's all coming up. And then you go into the president's bit. And then after the president's bit, you roll into the daily news sales call, which was it's kind of a nice thing. It's like Saturday Night Live does where where they will come out of the intro and they go into that fake commercial before they roll into the commercials. So I thought that was kind of nice. But then we rolled from that into the Arnold call, 
So now we kind of have three comedic bits before we're actually getting to the meat of the show. And I thought that we, if we get one really good one in there and then get to where we're going with the show, uh, I thought that would have moved it along. I thought up to that point, the tempo of the show was great. I thought the content was great. I thought we kind of stalled there before we jumped back into the meat of things. But overall, the the, the first five minutes I enjoyed. I thought, okay, we're, we're hitting the ground running. It's keep. I'm not. We're not. We're not stopping on any particular subject and and getting into a lull. I thought it was moving pretty well. Thanks. The, the, I agree because I remember my – I actually went back and listened to my old review because I'm like, okay, what what did I say last time? Last time I had no idea what was on the show till like 13 minutes in because you were kind of doing the same thing. You are playing clips and things like that. And I think eventually you got to, hey, here's what we're going to talk about today where you did that on this show within the first two minutes. So I knew what was coming. And, and I kind of agree with Eric. It was like the, the first thing came up and I'm like, okay, and they're coming. Nope, they're not back yet. And so literally you said, here's what's coming up. And then I think you guys actually come back at like almost seven minutes is when you guys actually officially like get into the meat and potatoes. But I was kind of like, you'd already come in. I'm like, oh, cool. They're here. And then they go. And then it was clip and clip and clip. And I was kind of like, well, they coming back. When are they going to do the show? Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that. Uh, Could I make a a quick comment. No. Um, okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> like, no, listen, um, I, I don't, I don't want to respond to each of the things you say because I'm here to listen. I'm not yeah. here to give excuses or, but, but I think in this particular case, it might be, it might be a little bit useful. Sure. Uh, two, th- two things. One is just by way of context and that, that doesn't mean it's okay, but I, I, my biggest inspiration in terms of a radio program, which this is a little bit more like than say a typical podcast, and that's on purpose for good or bad. Actually, that was something you had brought up, Dave, in, in, in the initial uh, review that you had done, and it was spot on because that's what I was aiming for, what, whether it works or not. And, and that is uh, uh, what was a, a extremely successful syndicated radio program for a long time, the Don and Mike Show, which was, again, wildly successful. And I really patterned a lot of the structure of the show on what had worked for them because, number one, it was what I knew listening to them for so many years as, as a show I listened to a lot. And secondly, because it was so successful, I'm like, why would I completely invent my own new thing when I could pattern to a little degree over something I knew was successful? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, for me, the show begins in the first few seconds. It doesn't begin when we're getting it to the meat. Here's what I mean. Like the guy that talks about a little more like Mr. Furley, every show, there's a brand new bumper that I've written and our announcer records that, that is in itself, you know, a, a little nugget of fun. That's the first thing. The second thing is that when I asked John, same thing, when I asked John, Hey, John, I got a question. So that's every time he doesn't know what's coming. He just knows I'm going to ask him a question. He's got to react on the spot and we make a bit out of it. And then the next thing is, is he counts down and I never know what the countdown's going to be until he does it. So the show was built a lot on improv. So from my standpoint, from moment one, there's creative things going on. I love the fact that it comes out with the Mr. Furley thing at the beginning because when I heard that, having listened to a lot of podcasts, I could tell that changes every week. So I loved that, and it was quick, and it moved forward. And I realized that the Arnold at the beginning related to the Arnold story later in the show. And it's a great concept. I think it takes a long time. What you might consider doing 
is a little montage of crazy nonsense at the beginning that all relates to later on. It might be a little 10-second telemarketer clip. It might be just Arnold saying, put on the cookie, you know, that part that you, <laughs> that you loved. Right. Okay. You know, okay. It's all the little stuff at the beginning where it kind of sets up the show where put down the cookie by Arnold makes no sense at the beginning, but it only takes me three and a half seconds to hear it. I don't think you need a minute and a half bit at the beginning to set up an Arnold bit at the end. I love where you're going with it. I love that creativity. I think it's just for the payoff at the end, the setup to your joke was quite long. Okay. Again, you're the comedian and this is all personal taste. So I'm just giving you some sure. feedback on, on how you might make it a little quicker at the beginning and still accomplish your tease for later on your payoff in the show. Because right. if you're doing that, if it's a little 30 second montage of five clips at the beginning and it's at the beginning every time, now people are kind of expecting like what Arnold Schwarzenegger and cookies, how does that have to do with anything later in the show? And now right. they're, and now it's kind of set up the bits that are to come. Yeah. Just a thought. The, the other thing, and I'm not going to play a whole lot of this at this point, we're at the, the five and a half minute mark. And this is the part that kind of then confused me. If I let this continue, the next thing that comes up what kind of radio swings through the trees, has fleas and is more or less your theme song. And so yes. that's where I was like, okay, we're starting the show again? And I was like, okay, that's always in there somewhere. The guy and the guitar and the, the monkey thing and, and monkey radio. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so I kind of was like, well, why isn't that then at the beginning – and that was my whole thing. I just it just seemed like we were starting the show again. So we we had some cool momentum, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, let's go around the ride again. We're gonna start it again. And I was like, well, we already did this once, didn't we? Yeah, maybe that's not working, Dave. But that is on purpose. It's the idea of almost like when you're fishing and you kind of you know pull the hook and then you pull it again. I I I, I got them revved up once, maybe, and then uh, and then and then kind of gone through a little down, and then I'm pull I'm I'm revving the energy back up again. I, I uh, and saying, all right, here we go, everybody. You know, second stage. Uh, maybe that doesn't work, but that is the reason why that is. So kind of like a bumper, getting them back into the show. <laughs> In a way, yeah. I mean, uh, but again. I styled this after another show, and this is the way that the structure was. Tell me how Don and Mike used something like that in their show. The beginning was, hey, we're here. This is what's going to coming up. And then there was the clips and everything, the drops. And then it was, okay, here's the big opening of the show. And it's almost like the spotlights come out and the confetti goes and the, the big announcer and the guy walks out of the curtain. Uh, look at Saturday Night Live as an example. When you, you brought Saturday Night Live before, you know, in the beginning, there's a bunch of funny stuff. There's a bunch of jokes, and then they do the intro with all of the stars and right. and 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 the celebrity, and then they do the big, ladies and gentlemen, blah blah blah, and and they walk out with all the big applause, and that's another opening to the show in the intro. That's before they've even gotten into, like you said, the meat of the show. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that it's uh, that was what my thinking was. What I want to help you do is understand what they're doing and how they're structuring it, and then help okay. you get there. Okay. So let's Great. take a look at let's take a look at Saturday Night Live. It's funny bit open, intro, funny bit show. So they really only have four elements there. 
where I think you're trying to put a lot of that in and you're getting more than that, though you're trying to do that. Because when you came out and you did the, here's what to expect on the show and you had the great things, then all of a sudden you had bit and then bit and then bit and then show open. So you had a lot more in there than what Saturday Night Live would do. Because I like what you have there. I think it's just a little clunky, and all I'm trying to do is help you tighten it up a bit. I hear you. No, I like I like what you're saying. And uh, Eric, you had mentioned that they were talking about uh, the Olympics. I thought it was interesting that you both admitted that you didn't watch the Olympics and then decided to talk about them. I thought that was kind of different. But uh, we did have a clip here. Eric sent this one over about you guys talking about bobsleds. So anyway, we were watching bobsledding, and yeah. the thing that happened was – uh, we were looking at him and I never really noticed before. So there's, I think four guys in a bobsled, I think. Yeah. One steers, the other three push it and then get in and keep their head down. Their job is done. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I know they, they kind of rock their body back and forth or whatever they do, but I'm seriously, it's like they're training for, I mean, one of the guys had, John, one of the guys had a gut. He's an <laughs> Olympic athlete, not a weightlifter. Not a shopper thrower. He had a gut. His job is to run and push something. What does he do this on Tuesdays at four? (laughs) I mean, it's like you show up and you go, all right, we'll push it for like a half an hour. I mean, how many times can you push the thing? We got it. I I think the last person, believe it or not, is a brake man. Yeah. well, fine. He, he he can breaks for like three <laughs> seconds at the end, but the rest of the time you're just sitting there. The I'm seriously, the sit, guy yeah. in front. I mean, if the guy in front sucks, there four of them go down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They rely on the front guy a lot. I mean, what if the what if the back guy with the brake just kind of starts thinking about his girlfriend and their fight that morning, and they <laughs> forgets to brake? Were they gonna die? <laughs> he starts thinking about that little that little bitch. Oh no! <laughs> Anyway, did I leave the stove on? Oh, no. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I I love it. It's a great story, Mark. It's it's fantastic because we get into what you think. If the whole show is about your take on what's wrong with the world, this is a perfect example. You have a great story here. You're getting into it. What I would love to see you do with these stories is lead with that intriguing introduction. What is it? Um, that really piques your interest about this story and put that right up front and as you're going into it. This particular story, you had two kind of opinions on it. One was the guy with the gut, which I thought was hilarious, and you start going down that. And then the other thing, uh, the other point that you had was there's four guys in there, but you really only need the one. The other three guys really don't have anything to do. They push for about three seconds, and then, then they just ride. Then they're on for the ride, and that's about it. I like both aspects of the opinion, your take on the story, your what what really reached out and grabbed you about this story. What you start into the story and you go, um, I never really noticed. And then you start talking about, okay, so then there's the bobsled and then there's the four guys. And I'm like, what what didn't you notice? Like you started telling me what you never noticed, and then you kind of started describing what the bobsled was all about. And I never did you never notice that the other three guys didn't do anything or did you, did you never notice that you can have a big gut and still be in the Olympics or what was it about that? And, and I, I kind of wanted that right up front. If the whole thing about this story that grabbed you was the fact that you can have a big gut and still be in the Olympics, 
and you're not weightlifter or whatever, then put that right up front. Like, how does a guy with a big gut get into the Olympics? That doesn't make any sense. So I'm watching bobsledding the other day, and there's four guys, one that steers, and the other three do nothing. And this one guy's got a huge gut, and he doesn't really do anything but push. I love the fact that, what are you doing on Tuesdays at 4.30? I mean, that was a great line. You had some great lines in the story, and you drew great pictures for me because I could see this big fat guy wearing like a wife beater, you know, shoving the shoving the bobsled <laughs> and jumping in, you know. It, 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 it painted a great picture in my mind, and I love the sound effects at the end of it. As you're walking into it, tell people where we're going because then they can enjoy the journey getting there. If they're trying to figure out what it is that you're talking about or what your point is, they spend a lot of time trying to determine that and less time enjoying the story, enjoying the ride. So what I'm just trying to help you do is tell them where we're like, hey, we're going to jump in the car and we're driving to Miami. Here we go. Now we can enjoy the trip to Miami rather than say, get in the car. I got a surprise for you. And now we're driving 14 hours and they're like, where are we going? Like, why are we even in this car? So they're, they're not enjoying the trip anymore. And I think this probably goes to show prep to some degree, because all we know is I want to talk to him about the Olympics. And I don't know anything more than that. Neither does he that what we're going to talk about. So it's in the moment. Now, that's why it may not be organized. You may not fully formulate the conversation in advance, but on the other hand, I'm doing a podcast. Maybe I need to say, okay, I, I know I want to talk about these. Here's how I should set it up, and, th and that will be easier for the audience to listen. It's not something I really thought about that much before about how I'm going to structure that moment. That's really all I'm suggesting is that if you have the four things down you want to talk about, if the four things you want to talk about are – the Olympics, John's World, the help desk call, and something else. What is it about those things that you want me to laugh at or to marvel at or to better understand? That's what I, I always ask those three questions. What is it you want me to laugh at, marvel at, or better understand? Is it the fact that the guy's got a huge gut and he's in the Olympics? Or is it the fact that there's three guys in this sport that really do absolutely nothing? Like, what is it? And if, if in your show prep, if you go, we're going to talk about the Olympics, I'm going to talk about bobsledding and the fact that there's a big fat guy that actually got into the Olympics. Like he's one of the world's best and he's fat. How does that happen? That's what I want to talk about. And so if you just write down that sentence, that's all you need. I'm not saying script the bit. I'm not saying tell John where you're going before you get into it. All I'm saying is if you have that idea of where you want to go with the story and then you hit it running, now everybody's focused. Now he knows where you're going. So he's not derailing you saying, oh, yeah, I was watching cross-country skiing and they were tagging each other and she was falling down dead tired. Well, that yeah. really has nothing to do with my fat man story. You know, the funny thing is, is I didn't know where I was going with that story. Ah, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. <laughs> let me let me play a clip. I think what I'd like to do is make a confession to you that I have not scientifically thought through every dimension of this yet. So there it you was go. just an idea off the top of my head. Jeez. Now I gotta say that exactly what Eric said. I was listening to this last night. I had to figure out where you were going with it. But uh, when you said that, I'm like, oh, I gotta pull that clip. Now that that led to a lot of discussion about. And one of the, the clips that I pulled that I, I liked just because it was genuine is uh, John asked you to interview. This is after you've said, look, I really can't do accents. Uh, and, and so what does he do? He turned around. He asked you to do the guy from uh, Star Trek. And this is one of my clips that I was like, I like this just because it was very genuine. I want to hear your check off. Here we go. Check off. Take us to warp speed. Uh, uh, I, Captain. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. So the uh, Klingons are very, very That's close. All he ever said. It's really Must be from Moscow. I don't know. I can't do so, it. So he goes into this. Goes into the uh, reading. So what are my lines this week? Well, you say I, I capped it about seven times. I can do that. Okay. See that that made me laugh because I could see that. Okay, and on sheet one I say I captain, and on sheet two I say I captain, and and the the fact that that was a a pretty horrible imitation made it even better. I was like, yeah, he's not kidding. So another clip that uh, Eric had pulled was about uh, John's day. We want to hear about John's day. In fact, you actually led about this at the beginning of the show, and we're going to talk about John's day. So here's a a quick clip from that. All right, so let's uh, let's move to another subject. Let's talk a little bit about. I do want to get back to a couple things in a moment, but I would like to ask about John's world. What is going on in John's world? Um, not much. I had the week off from mm-hmm. school, and I had plans to do all kinds of studying to you know, not catch up, just get a little bit ahead, and and I uh, did absolutely nothing. <laughs> Really? Nothing. Nothing. Well, that's good. Nothing. I, I watched a couple uh, B movies from the seventies with some very beautiful women in them. You know, um, you know, prison movies, things like that. But other than that, I didn't really do much. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, so it was an interesting answer. Here's my whole point on this bit. You know, I love the fact that. It's obviously you have no idea what he's going to say because you don't have any idea what's going on in this world. That's the whole point of the bit, right? And in, in our pre-show, we were like, let's do John's world. Yeah, I got a great story. So I'm like building it up and I'm like, <laughs> right. what? <laughs> they, they, you know, ah, I got stabbed. <laughs> and at the beginning you say, and one of the bits coming up is John's world. So not only did you talk about it before the show, you led with it in the introduction. And so he knows it's coming. And then you get there and you're like, what's going on in your world? And he says, nothing. It would have been great if that's where he stopped. If that was like, all right, and that's John's world and we move on. Yeah. Like absolutely nothing's going on. And then so, – but then he goes into, you know, I, I had school. I'm not studying. I'm screwing off. I'm not doing anything. you know. And it sounds like he's having this completely boring life. And then he goes into – I watched 1970s prison movies, you know, which was a hilarious punchline. And that would have been perfect to get out of it there too. Like that would have been, all right, Mm -hmm. there's John's world, like 1970s prison movies. But then he goes in talking about um, what's her face from Mork and Mindy and, and then into, uh, she used to be Bob Barker's beauty and the price is right. And now we're just going down a rabbit hole and really, now we're really just grabbing for straws and trying to figure out how to make something of the bit. When I thought we had two or three solid opportunities to make it super funny. And then, and now we're just trying to, now we're overstaying our welcome. We're trying to make a joke that's not there anymore. So I love the beginning part of it. And had, had we left it at that and just said, all right, well, that's John's world. Nothing's going on and moved on to the next thing. And I know you're trying to fill an hour or whatever, and you want the bit to be a little longer, but that would have been funny standing on its own there. And then we get into some discussion, some crazy movies discussion that really doesn't have anything to do with his world. And that then led to this discussion that I was kind of like, okay. So we played. Netflix does have a lot of movies with uh, sexual uh, undertones. No, no, no. 
Is is, so, there, is that different than sexual overtones? What is the difference between undertones and overtones? Well, it, it's I, I think the overtones to me means it's it's a lot more um, out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the undertones, you might see a little bit of nudity. It might be implied, but it's not really. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's why I say undertones because it's not real obvious. I also I'm, just realized what they're doing, but it's not it's not <laughs> full blown nudity. They just you know it's, it's you know I just realized we have underwear, but but outerwear. There's there's no overwear, uh, innerwear, or um. Yeah. You know, we don't wear innerwear. Yeah. We wear underwear and outerwear. Mm-hmm. There's no so, overwear. Yeah. No yeah. overwear and no innerwear. Well, maybe we should invent it. Now, yeah. this bit went on quite a bit longer. And it seemed for me when I was listening to it, it's like, okay, we've got something here. And I, I now get it where it's like, okay, I think we can make something out of this. And I remember you went into the whole George W. Bush thing. And at, at the time... It's a little long. I get the punchline. Okay, yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah, but it was kind of like all right. It kept going on. I'm like, all right, let's let's move to the next. But I guess the, on, on the other hand, now that I know that a part of this is improv, it makes a lot more sense. I'm like, okay, because when you're doing improv, they're not all going to go out of the park. Maybe the thing we need to talk about when we get into the techno side is yeah. is editing. Maybe it's 99% improv. It's almost almost completely extemporaneously improv. You know, so to that point, Dave, I get what you're saying, and um, maybe I need to not be in love with those moments as much and be willing to cut them out when, as I'm doing post-production, because I do. I, I, I do post-produce the show and make selections or tighten things up when it's necessary. And I, I look back at this one, actually, as you're playing it, and I go, why did I keep that in? Mm. It wasn't a gem. But in the moment, it felt like I knew where it was going, so I, I wanted to let the buildup get there, uh, and maybe the buildup wasn't worth the journey. I, see, I should have cut it. I think a lot of performers fall in love with the idea of improv when improv really only is really, really funny maybe 20 or 25% of the time, and it's passable maybe 50% of the time and it absolutely falls flat the other 25 or 30% of the time. And I think performers who love the romance of improv don't want to do a lot of show prep because they think it's going to take away from that improvisation. My thought in talent coaching, what makes a great show are those people who can script a great intro and a great initial part and then be able to ad lib the story around it with it's not necessarily improvisation but it's that ad lib around it that makes it entertaining and funny and engaging so it's not necessarily let's just throw something out there and riff on it you you know where you're going and it's the ad lib around it that makes it entertaining so if pardon the interruption is going to talk about the Miami Heat and, and their run for the championship they kind of know where they're going to go, but they don't know what each one will say or it's not all scripted out. So it's more ad lib than it is improv. And I think if, if I could just make one recommendation to you is you have great subject matter and you have great stories, know where you want to go with them and then fall in love with being able to ad lib the story and really, really pull out 
great visual images in that story rather than just trying to ad lib the whole thing and throw it out there and kind of see where it goes. Because I think your comedy will be much more consistent if you do that. Okay. And then, of course, we have to talk about the Arnold game, the appearance of the Arnold game. So I actually have that clip. Oh, I love to be on safari. Oh, I hope I say a lion. I love when they growl. They go, ow, 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 ow. I got to take my gun. I got to take it. I got to take it. I got to make sure it's got some big elephant bullets in it. Oh, here come. I'm on the elephant. Okay, here we go. Okay, ooh, elephant. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I don't want to be on the elephant anymore. Get down! I want to get down! I want to get down of the elephant. Wait, what is that? Hold on, I am feeling it. I am feeling on the elephant. I am feeling it. What is that? Is that a tumor? It's a tumor! <laughs> oh, sorry, no, that's just your ear. That's an ear elephant here. I thought it was a tumor. Uh, okay, we will uh, we will go now. We will go now. We go into the jungle. And we will go. And we will use the elephant gun. Not on you. Because I'm your friend. Okay, we are like... Listen to me. What is your name, elephant? I'm going to call you Julius. I'm going to call you Julius because we are like twins. Look at my biceps. I pop it up and I make your bicep is bigger than your elephant arm. My bicep. So we go, okay, I'm going to feel... Now, see? That is not a tumor. That is my bicep. Time. Time. You could go on forever. I swear you could. Oh, my could. God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Very nice. Very nice. I would give you points for getting Julius in there. And okay, I would definitely give you points. Of course, we both did it. Get down. Yeah, yeah that's kind of mandatory. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I... So I got to give definitely kudos for the production value. Thank you. The only thing I would say about it is this much too long. You had me going, and then it's like, and that's when I think when you went back and got the Julius, and you're trying to like, wait, what did I miss? What did I miss? Which is funny because then you both, yeah. said, oh, we forgot to say, get down. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it definitely had me going, and just the, I mean, the jungle noises, like you had some sort of like jungle atmosphere or whatever. Eric, anything you want to chime in on this? Yeah, I I love the production element of it. I love the way your accent goes from Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then all of a sudden at the elephant, it's like Al Pacino and Scarface, and then, then back to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hello, the medical friend. <laughs> like, exactly, it was great. I thought it was pretty funny, and uh, I like it. I don't know how I would improve that that bit. Well, the the other thing that I thought was interesting about it is, as much as I loved the production. It's not until the elephant or whatever that boom, boom, boom thing is. And like your last five words that I went, you know, that's a pretty good Schwarzenegger. So. Uh, thanks. <laughs> all right. So here's the end of the show. We are now launching to the next and final part of the program, which, as you know, Mr. Locke is. Mm, what could that be? I know. End of show food. End of show food. End of show food. Okay. Oh, Elsie, would you please come into the studio? We would like to do end of show food. I don't know why I did it that way, but it was just time to change it up. <laughs> Here she is. 
candy corn flavored cream Oreo. Oh, look at that. Candy corn Oreos. Oh, man. Open in the package. Pull, pulls open like a, like a, I don't know, a package of Kleenex almost. Oh, wow. Look at, oh. Look at those. Now, they just look like regular white Oreos, but in the inside. A little red. What do you think? What, what do they look like there? It's orange Elsie? and yellow. Orange, they look like Like your corn. outfit. Yeah. No, like a candy corn. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, let's take it. Ready, John? Oh, I guess you, you are ready. All right, I'm going to take my bite. Mm. Tasty. You know, like sometimes it. when you have Oreos, it just tastes like an Oreo. This one actually almost has a slight candy corn taste to it. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I like the I like the vanilla, if you can call it that, outside better than the chocolate outside of an Oreo. Mm. So these are these are definitely these are definitely uh, dippable. Does that they're, mean you're cookie in, racist? They're in the yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 in the dippable category. Mm. Now Mark's probably freaking out, going, "Wait a minute, that's not how that happened." And that's true. That's what? actually a montage of Cookie Time because Cookie Time went on a. A, a bit and I don't know that I liked this the first time I heard it and I know Eric thought it was kind of like goofy and fun and I was like I don't know eating into the microphone it, it didn't do anything for me but Eric you want to chime in I thought it was I thought it was clever because it's like it means nothing it's food time on the radio which uh, I, I found entertaining the only thing I would adjust about it is toward the end of this, if you listen to the whole thing and you guys start giving your your ratings and uh, it's you got into the nine out of ten or if you're out of three, what would you give it? Uh, Two point six, seven. All of that was entertaining. And the fact that somebody gave it three chickens or something like that. To me, you started explaining your ratings a little too much. If the whole bit is about nothing, it's just about stupid ratings for food. And that's what makes it funny because it's just dumb. Then let it stand as being dumb and, and move on from it. Because when you start explaining the joke, then it's you. Because the thing that really jumped out at me is some. Uh, I think it was, was it you that gave it three chickens, Mark? I don't, I don't know because I don't think we'd ever rated it before. That was a, a thing we just did oh, in the moment. Really? Because I thought that was I thought that was a whole part of the bit was like let's try something crazy and no, give it some, I mean, it was, some silly ratings. No, we were just trying to change it up a little bit and just kind of came in the moment. That's what the, the improv, man. Yeah, it was. I, I liked it. I liked the fact that we were rating the food like, all right, that was the whole point of it. We try some new crazy food and we all give it ratings. And one of you gave it three chickens. Uh-huh. And, and I thought that was funny. Like, just leave it at three chickens and move on. But then you stopped and said, it's not three out of anything. There isn't like a chicken scale. Like, it's not three out of ten chickens. It's just three chickens. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, the explanation of the chickens didn't really need to be there because just saying I gave it three chickens and then you move on and people are like, what? No, what, what does three chickens mean? Like, that's the whole point <laughs> of a joke. It's like it doesn't mean yeah. anything. We're we're rating food for crying out loud and, and it's chickens. So and then we just and move on. But I thought the whole just the fact that you were rating food for no apparent reason was entertaining. Just the, the silliness of it was fun. I liked it. 
And you know, it's so funny that the segment came out of, I think the first show we ever did or second show we ever did, I was trying to figure out a way to end the show. And there were some potato chips there and I just grabbed them and I said, it's time for end of show food. We just did it. And I was like, that's kind of funny and ironic and stupid. And it kind of became a thing and a challenge. And by the way, a way to get Elsie involved with the show in a, in a, re, in a regular way to keep her as a, as a character to the show. And by the way, I'm going to, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Okay. Uh, this is, John and I are not in the same studio. We do this by Skype from different cities. That's obvious. And, We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, uh, okay. But he, he, he never tastes the food. So, <laughs> so that's all that's all fake. And in fact, many times, I can't believe I'm saying this where people are here, but in many times, uh, Elsie and I record it once, just us, and because th- we're in the same city. Right. And then jo- when John and I do our part of the show, I play back her part and he reacts to it. And then I mix it together so that it seems like we're all enjoying it together because our schedules didn't melt. Uh, to me, it's it's this very visceral experience that the audience can't enjoy. And I realize that's probably the antithesis to the idea of presenting a podcast that's meant for the audience to enjoy. But Well, as I listened to that clip, I was like, I don't think this is that bad. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's because this took about a, a seven-minute bit and boiled it down to about a minute and a half. And I'm like, that's why I don't think I liked it. Like, to me, it dragged on it, but that's just me. But I do want to, nope, uh, as, as we move over to the technical stuff, when I first started listening to this at the gym, I was like, wow, because it literally sounded like you were talking like this. I mean, it was like, I'm like, I don't remember his audio being that bad. I'm like, and it just, it sounded like somebody just turned. I mean, if I could do it on my microphone, it sounded like this, like the, the treble was just turned off. And I'm like, I'm like, are there something wrong with my headphones? I'm like, no, I was watching The Walking Dead. There's something wrong. Hmm. So I want to play you the difference. Here's, here's your normal show. The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. Okay, here's your show on Blog Talk Radio. The oh, I know that. The presentation is brought to you yeah. by The Realm Network. And so the bad news is a huge amount of your audience is getting the Blog Talk Radio fuck. Because that's what's... I, I, I reversed engineered it, and iTunes, unfortunately, you're, you're just... There's no way to describe... You are screwed. Blog Talk Radio, iTunes is looking at Blog Talk Radio, and unfortunately, there's no way to tell iTunes, don't look at this, look at my feed over at monkeyradio.info, because they don't let people leave. Uh, they got your 40 bucks a month, and they're going to bring every ounce of that. Now, on the other side of the coin, you're kind of going overboard. Your actual MP3 file is at 192 kilobits per second stereo, which is above CD quality. At 48 kilohertz, where normal is 44.1, so you're kind of like way off the chart the other way. And I'm like, which is, again, you're getting that from your website. So most people aren't downloading that on your phone because the only, the only somewhat negative side of that is it takes longer to download because it's a bigger file and you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. overdoing it. And again, there's nothing you can do about this, but Blog Talk Radio is at 32. 64 mono, yep. 64 mono is CD quality. They're at 32, so they're at half of CD quality. The other bad news is the Blog Talk radio file has no album artwork, and they list them as the, the author or whatever. The thing that's interesting is they also list their website as your website. And I was like, man, that's just a bunch of crap because you're saying monkeyradio.info all the time, but when you find you on iTunes and click on website, it sends them to your web, uh, to their website. And I was like, man, that's just crap. So I realize 
there's nothing you can do about that. That's well, there is, there is because uh, I'm glad you bring this up, Dave. I, I really hate blog talk radio and I don't want to be on blog talk anymore. But the truth is, is I just really don't know how to set myself up to channel my material into iTunes at this point. And because blog talk is my only avenue into I, iTunes at the moment, I, I, I really, I'm trying to utilize that opportunity for now while still positioning on my own website and on the, the networks that I'm on, the, the higher quality sound. Uh, I didn't realize that 128 KBS or whatever it is, it, it would be satisfactory. I can certainly generate that type of file going forward. I do realize the files are a little on the larger, so over 100 megabytes large. So that's probably too large. Well, that'll, that'll scale it down. And also then if you leave Log Talk Radio, you won't need to spend as much on hosting because your files will be smaller. The other thing is, your website's okay. The only thing, to me, it's a little lopsided. You've got a really long sidebar and not much content on the left. Now, again, that's not a deal breaker, but there are lots of play buttons on your front page, none of which are to an actual episode. They're all clips. And, and it wasn't horrible. I had to go, I think, two clicks to get to an actual episode. I have to go to episode archive and then click that. But it looks like you're putting your episodes on like a page, like they're not actual posts. And typically when you're using WordPress, every episode has its own post. And it looks like you just have one page with a bunch of episodes on one post and such, which makes an interesting archive, but there's there's a more efficient way uh, to do that. And if you put the post, then they automatically fill up the front page, which would then make your, your website a little more symmetrical. Uh, but it, I like what you put there in the it was a cool way to say, look, we do get some good guests on here. I, I looked at your SEO stuff. It seems like you've got that going okay. Like I said, it wasn't like, ugh. It was just like, it's a little, a little lopsided. So, you know, the sidebar, sidebar thing isn't as much a design issue uh, or, or an interest issue. It's a, it, it's a technical skill issue on my part. Well, my question is, when people come to your website, what do you want them to do? I, I want them to enjoy themselves. The whole experience is what I want them to take in. That's that's my. That's why I said enjoy themselves. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay because I see here on the front you've got links to Facebook and your links to iTunes and Twitter and all that. So everything above the fold is kind of social stuff, but there is no play button. And then when you scroll down, it's a play button for a promo because when you first go there, you have links to the Goldfish Proxy and so. But you ha you have a great contact page. I did find okay. one little oopsie, and when you go to oh, Monkey okay. What and go to Who's on the Show. You have these cool uh -huh. little, you have these cool little cartoons, but when I yes. click on the cartoon for Mark, I just get a picture of you. There's, there's like it's just a, a a bigger picture of the cartoon, and I'm not sure if that yeah. was intended. It is, but maybe that doesn't work because <laughs> there is there is a your hosts. Right, I saw that, and that was great, and that's why I was like, well, why is there? Why aren't these cartoons on the host page then? It just looked like a mistake when I was there. It was like, ooh, there's supposed to be some text here. Or, and that's when I was thinking, well, why is there this when I've already read your bio and it's over here? And it just seemed like this cartoon was kind of – I was just a little confused by it at all. I was trying to connect our cartoon versions of ourselves with our real people, but maybe it's not working. Got it. Uh, but all in all, you know, I looked at the audio file. It sounds good. The one thing I would say, and I looked out in our chat room. We don't have a ton of people listening, but the one person – now, again, he's an audio engineer – he said, listening to your show, and I can see as you're doing it now, 
you're a bit far away from your microphone. Now, it's not not to the mm-hmm. point of, again, oh, my gosh. But even when I was listening to the Blog Talk radio version uh, on your intro, when you guys are playing, you're still playing. In fact, I think I have a clip this. Yeah, um, at the beginning of this. One. Okay. Yes. Well, everybody, uh, as long as John doesn't ring too much, we've got a great show ahead of us. Yeah. We really do a very full. So on the Blog Talk radio version, when I was listening to that, you've got the bells going on and you still have the theme music or whatever that is in the background. But I was like straining to hear what you were saying. Because, again, okay. it sounded like this, and I was like, we got a little too much ambient going on there. And yeah. at the time, not so much like a giant cave, but the point where I was like, he needs to get closer to the mic. Because I'm hearing a lot of, you know, I, I'm looking, if, if this is where you record, you've got curtains up and, and things like that. But you're a good... This is, this is not where I record, but uh, okay. I understand your point. Yeah. yeah. So I would get a little closer and... Uh, you know, get a pop filter because that's the only bad news is when you get closer, then mm-hmm. you start getting plosives going on. But mm-hmm. and it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible audio. But I was just like, he's way far away from the, the microphone. And that's an easy fix. And normally I wouldn't even notice that, except John is obviously on a dynamic microphone right up against it. And it makes you sound that's really it. it it's something that uh, has no ring to it next to something that has a little more than usual thus making it sound exaggerated. That would yeah, be- you could tell the uh, you could tell the two rooms were were different in the way that you were working the microphone. That's what gave it the impression you were in two separate areas or two separate locations. I don't I don't know if I have an opinion on this cuz obviously you have to plug your network, but it was a mighty long plug. It was so long that I was like I, I was trying to remember like what your call to action was at the end of the show and I'm like it's been so long, I'm not sure I remember what it was. Eric, did you have any comments on the on the end of their show? Yeah, I, I actually looked at the timer on my phone to see how long he was going to talk because I thought, wow, the show was, I thought we were reaching the end. And then he came in to plug the network at the end and I looked down and I think there was still like a minute and 40 seconds left or something. I don't know. It was some crazy length of time. And I thought, wow, that's pretty long. If, if the show's over and now we're into the network plug, it just seemed like it was a, it was quite long. Longer than most. W- was this a pre-recorded piece that was stuck on the end of the show? It sounded, sounded like, like it, yeah. It was, and then, so maybe, maybe you could give them some feedback because maybe if they hear it from enough um, affiliates that they'll say, all right, everybody's starting to complain that we're now a minute and 40 seconds long. Maybe we should trim this down to 30 yes. or 60 like everybody else does, like a, a normal human being would do it. And uh, Understood. The, the other thing that I just noticed, and again, this is, this is just a like, hey, you might want to think about this going forward kind of thing, is on that network, they're using SoundCloud. I'm not sure where your actual, the ones that are on your website are coming from. And then you've got Blog Talk. So trying to get accurate stats on how many people are listening to this has got to be a nightmare because you've got SoundCloud stats, which are not the world's most accurate, Blog Talk radio stats, which have been proven to be wow inaccurate. <laughs> um, and then yes. you've got wherever yours are coming. And I just, that's, I don't know what you do about that. I'm just letting you know that if somewhere down the line, a a sponsor comes to you and says, how many listeners do you have? You can say, well, according to block talk radio a lot, Um, but you're, you're missing out on the numbers on, on SoundCloud. And it'd be nice if you had like, let's say you move to a company like Libsyn or Blueberry, you could give them your link to your audio file on the network. And then you would get credit for that download. So you could get some more accurate stats. (laughs) 
you know, all of my episodes are now on SoundCloud. Not all of them historically, but all the current mm-hmm. episodes because the network that I'm with posts their stuff on SoundCloud. Okay. What I don't know is I don't know on WordPress how to put a SoundCloud file into that. So what I actually do is I just load the file to WordPress and have that as a an audio a WordPress audio file, if you will, uh, that, that part of a sound gallery or whatever it. it is. That's that's the only disadvantage of you're using WordPress dot com, which is a they host it, and uh, what a lot of people use is WordPress dot org, meaning you you get hosting through somebody like HostGator or or Bluehost or whatever, and you load. Uh, WordPress there, then you have complete control to do whatever you want. And there are plugins that make it super easy to put just the link to the MP3 file in and it puts a player on there. And so you then can track, you know, your, your stats that way. Hmm. So, but, um, good, good advice. So, so let's move on to our, our final thoughts here. I, I liked the, the dialogue that when you guys were just doing the natural stuff, sometimes, like for me, the, the bell thing at the beginning, I was just like, wow, that's, that's not, for me, it wasn't a strong lead in. And I kind of thought for me, the dialogue was a little more, it, it got me more than the kind of the forced funny at times. You seem to be doing a much better job of, of, you know, you, you get to a topic and you would hit it. And for the most part, you didn't stay too long. There were times, a couple of times I was like, all right, let's move on. But I was kind of glad about the time I was thinking, all right. You'd go, okay, let's move on to something else. And then you'd go on to the Olympics or whatever. Your website is, like we said, is definitely better than what you were using. And, and we can work with that in terms of maybe tweaking a little bit. Uh, the one thing I was really glad to see that you did is you changed your title of your episodes. Instead of being Monkey Radio episode 24, 25, you now have titles that entice people to, to click. So I was like, awesome, glad to, to see that. So that was the stuff that I saw. I was like, all right, this is, uh, this is stuff that's improved. I thought you had great stories. You have, that's where your true humor and personalities come out. That's how we get to know you. And I thought you had great stories in this episode. I, I love when you guys do that. I think you should keep doing more of that. I loved your, the, the sound effects that you use, the production elements, whether it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger jungle scene or it's the car crash at the end of the bobsled or just things like that added such depth to the show. I love the fact that you're adding in effects, whether that's live on the fly or in post-production, it really doesn't matter. I think it just, it adds a ton to the show. I think the details that you add in your story really make your stories come to life. You drew great pictures in my mind as I was listening to it. I thought that was great too. And I love the energy of the open. I know we talked a lot about how do we edit it down a little bit, but I love the fact that it's almost wall of sound. You're hitting me with some stuff that's short and sweet at the beginning, whether it's the voice guy clip being Mr. Furley or uh, whether it's the, the listener drop or whatever it happens to be. It's moving quick. And I and I thought you guys had great energy throughout the show, which uh, I don't listen to many comedy podcasts. In fact, I listen to zero, but I, I was highly entertained and uh, I laughed out loud quite a bit in the show. I really enjoyed it. I think you have great content and a solid foundation to just keep improving. I loved it. A new listener. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for things that, that maybe could, could tweak just a bit. And for me, like I said, I, I think the easy one would either A, get closer to the microphone and, and turn it down okay. a bit, um, or B, just invest in a, a, you know, the microphone, this one right here, and I realize it makes no sense in audio land. 
you can get on Amazon for about 60, 70 bucks. It's an Audio-Technica 2100. And the beauty of it is it works both with a mixer and USB. And it just, you have to be kind of right here to use that microphone. And it just, you won't pick up that background noise. But like I said, you, you weren't like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. I think if you just got closer, that would fix half the problem. For me, the background music at times got on my nerves. But again, I was listening on a treadmill from the blog talk radio one. When I was listening today, I could still hear the background music. And because it has lyrics, that was going to be my, my, uh, suggestion is if you want to do background music, get stuff without lyrics because maybe it's just my ADD. I kept like going, what are they singing about in the background? So maybe get music and not something with, with words. I'm with Eric. I liked the energy. I liked the production and just the effort for the open. I just listened to it and like, I'm not sure what to do there, but it, there's, there might be a way to, to just streamline that a bit. The thing I, I think will make your show a little stronger, the details that you use in your story, the, the images that you draw are incredibly strong. I love the fact that you talked about uh, when you're trying to do accents or impersonations, you always go back and revert to cartoons that you've watched in the past whether it's Boris and Natasha or you know Fred Flintstone, if you're doing an impersonation, that's what you kind of yeah. come up with in your head. And when you're telling those stories, I think it's great. Let's go back and talk about your intro. We, we talked about this at the beginning. I think if you know what you want to accomplish with your story and you create that intriguing introduction at the beginning and you know where you're going with the story, it helps everybody follow along in that story. And it also will help you create that introduction to your show. Now, a lot of the, uh, if, if you haven't listened to the episode, um, you're not going to understand some of the um, references that I make. But there's a story that you told in the episode, Mark, about um, your girlfriend calling um, a helpline and the guy's doing a, a bait and switch deal on her. And I thought uh -huh. that story was great and everything. At the beginning of the show, you set it up with something like uh, we're going to talk about uh, phone calls to helplines and a bait and switch, which really didn't intrigue me that much. It really didn't tell me what the story was going to be about. If you were to set that up at the beginning and say, uh, my girlfriend called the help desk and I totally busted the guy with his little bait and switch move. We're going to talk about that coming up in the show. And now I'm going, oh, all right, okay. this would be awesome. Like he like you totally called the guy out. If you have those intriguing introductions written out and you know exactly how we're going to get into the story and now you use those in the introduction of the show. And so you're when you come in, if you're talking about uh, what was the other big thing we talked about? Olympics. OK, so let's say that your intriguing introduction, the thing that you loved about watching the Olympics was the fat fact that a fat guy can get into the Olympics. Um, so you say, OK, today on the show, my girlfriend called the help desk and I totally busted the guy on his bait and switch technique. We're going to uh, talk about that today. How in the world does a fat guy get into the Olympics? These are supposed to be the world's best athletes and f somehow a fat guy made his way into the Olympics. We're going to talk about that today. We're going right. to talk about appropriate language and podcasts, you know, and you, so you figure out what your take is on that. And so you hit, hit the introduction with those three. We're going to talk about uh, busting a guy on the helpline. We're going to talk about how does a fat guy get into the Olympics. And we're going to talk about uh, whatever, your, whatever your provocative point was with the swearing on the podcast. And, and now all of a sudden, you're, the in show introduction is a little more intriguing. And when you use yeah. those going into the bits, 
now people know exactly where we're going. You've hooked them and they want to figure out you know, they're now they're asking themselves, how does the story end? That would be my my suggestions on that. My my other suggestion, and, and as I coach um, podcasters, I always say when you're trying to be funny, go toward the unexpected. Go where people don't expect you to go. You want to walk them right up to the line where they expect you to walk and then take a left turn right there. If I was to say, name the first president that comes to mind that would never be uh, included in a President's Day sale. I would guarantee that probably 90% of the people are going to say Richard Nixon because that's what you that's what you expect to have happen. So that third one, you walk down the line, you, you use you know, Grover Cleveland and you use uh, Alexander Hamilton. And then the last one is Vladimir Putin or right, you know, it's right. like it's it's one you nobody expects. It, you know, you go straight down uh, that way. And so that's that would be my suggestion is just find the unpredictable left turn for your punchlines and hit it. Where where John says, I sat around and watched prison, 1970s women's prison movies. That was nobody saw that coming. I mean, he's the straight guy. He's the he's the guy that questions your facts about dividing up the money in the Olympics. You know, he's the numbers guy. And all of a sudden he's watching a 1970s prison movie which was out of left field. And that's what makes it funny. So my suggestion there would be uh, find the unexpected punchline, know what you hope to accomplish when you tell the story and write that intriguing introduction before you get into it and just find ways to, to use more great details in your stories because your stories are absolutely hilarious. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Suddenly Mark has turned into a robot. The good news is we're wrapping up. So find Mark over at monkeyradio.info and uh, you can check it out yourself. And of course, we are at, uh, you can find it podcastreviewshow.com forward slash 32 if you'd like to chime in on the conversation of uh, what you thought about uh, Monkey Radio. And next week on the show, we will be discussing the Catholic Travel Journal podcast. But uh, Eric, where can everybody find you at? Um, you can always find me at podcasttalentcoach.com or, or just hang out, hang out over at uh, podcastreviewshow.com and you can find all of the information you need to know about me and uh, my show. This week on, on Podcast Talent Coach, we talked about avoiding the, the negativity trap that creeps into so many podcast episodes and shows. And you can hear that over at podcasttalentcoach.com. There you go. And you can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And this week, we're going to talk about what you can learn from Chipotle and churches in your podcast. <laughs> so you can hear that on Monday's show. So thanks. If you want to get reviewed, go out to podcastreviewshow.com forward slash review me, fill out the form. And uh, you just have to be available on a Thursday night to come on the show. And uh, we would love to have you. And uh, Mark, thanks again for coming on the show. I know I think you're muted. Yep, he's definitely muted. Thank you. No, nope, oh, not good. muted. Hey, guys, I don't know if I'm a robot anymore, but I just want to say, okay, thank you so much for having me on the show, back on the show, and for your uh, your great advice uh, that brought me to today and your great advice today. I, and, uh, and it's really nice to hear uh, pros like you guys. It's a pleasure to see someone enjoying your show live, moments from your show live. To see you guys reacting live to moments on our show is, is a great reward. Well, we really enjoyed listening to it, and uh, thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks for being on the show, and we uh, we love to have the discussion with you. It was great today. 
And again, if you want to get yourself on the show, go out to podcastreviewshow.com forward slash review me. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.